Welcome back once again to this week's episode of Be Bolder. Uh, we are continuing to traverse this land of making sure that we are taking extreme ownership of the things that are happening in our business each and every day. And we are just full on owning it because if no one does, no one does, right? And so uh, a lot of these principles are actually taken from the book, Extreme Ownership, written by two Navy SEALs, former Navy SEALs, who have translated some of the life lessons or battle lessons that they have uh, had ingrained in them and transitioned them into the business world. And so past couple of weeks, we've talked about the concept of extreme ownership, which is really the foundation and the pinnacle. Like if you don't have extreme ownership in the things that it, you know, you're undertaking um, and you're not owning it, you're just going to continue to flounder, whether you want to recognize that or not. I've been involved in, environment, in environments where people just do exactly that. It's always someone else's problem. It's always trying to, you know, push it off on someone else. And instead of taking full on accountability and changing it, it was always like, change this, move this, it's their fault. You know, it's toxic. Don't do it. If you're the one who's doing that, check that and uh, get your stuff together. Then we talked about um, the concept of there's no bad teams. There's only bad leaders. And so if you didn't check out that episode, please go do that because I think it really is kind of important to question whether or not you are in fact the problem on your team or the core problem, if you will. And so this week, I think we get to talk about something that's a little bit more pleasant, fluffy, and, you know, candidly wonderful, which is believing wholeheartedly in the thing that it is that you are doing. And so I am blessed enough each and every day to get to either represent um, founders for small businesses and sometimes investors too, and uh, get to see how fundamentally they believe in something that it is that they are working on. But again, as part of extreme ownership, right, the parties who are pushing that mission and vision fundamentally need to believe in it because if they believe in it, the rest of the team believes in that. So let's dive into that a little bit this week here on this week's episode of Be Boulder. So whether you are the leader of your organization, you are receiving uh, mandates or corporate instruction from uh, the C-suite in a business that you might be in, or maybe you're in a service organization and you're just in charge of a subgroup and you sort of have to fit that within the greater context of your larger firm. Uh, sometimes we get messages from wherever those are going to come from and we read them and it's part of like, hey, these are the next steps for this business or this is how the compensation package is going to change or this is how something is going to happen. And quite frankly, you read it and you go, I have no friggin' idea how this ties to anything in this business. And so it is really hard uh, for your team members to buy in two things. If you yourself can't understand what in the hell uh, the mission and why you're supposed to be implementing something is. And it's clearly, if you can't understand it, you can't articulate it. And if you can't articulate it, the people who look up to you for direction, guidance, and whatever 
very clearly do not now understand why it is that they are uh, being asked to do X, Y, and Z. So quick example, uh, one of the organizations that I am highly familiar with recently announced a, an alteration to a compensation plan instead of compensation packages. And first of all, nobody loves change, right? And so if you're an administration, you or you're part of the C-suite, or you're the CEO who said we need to change things up, you fundamentally, A, need to believe that the thing that you're pushing forward is for the greater good of that business and is going to push forward whatever it is that your goals and objectives are. And so you need to be able to cleanly and simply articulate that and why you believe it's so important and what the supporting evidence is related to that. And I'm not sitting here saying like, you got to give people a dissertation, but if you can't simplify it down into a few couple of bullet points or sentences, I promise you people are not going to understand it. And then in turn, they are not going to believe in it because confusion and lack of simplicity leads to disbelief. Okay. So anyway, coming back to it, watch the administration announce hey, we're going to have some updates to this compensation plan. And I was like, okay, like, that's cool. I wonder how that's going to work out for them. <laughs> and instead of setting a stage of like, hey, what are we doing and why are we doing it? The first notice that went out to uh, folks on that team was just a calendar invite that <laughs> compensation updates. Like nothing scares the hell out of people like, hey, we're going to change stuff on you. We're not going to give you any context. And now here we go. Let's rock and roll. So don't do that if you are, <laughs> if you are in leadership. But, um, you know, the next thing was, you know, I watched this, this, this organization uh, sort of, I would say, like stumble and mumble through the communication of it. Um, and, you know, it wasn't clearly articulated like, hey, why is this happening? And why are there changes? It was just coming out that there are changes. And people, if there's just change for the sake of change, and they don't understand how that ties to the greater mission and vision of an organization, they are clearly not going to buy into it. And especially if you're worried about, you know, upsetting top performers, you really need to simplify that and, and tie it all the way through for them. Because if you want them to continue to either perform or even outperform where they are, if that's something that you're offering them the ability to do, you have to make sure that you're communicating that through clearly. And so did these folks who learned of this compensation change in that one organization um, buy into it? I would tell you as of right now, no. Uh, maybe there's additional communication that needs to be had around that or some explanations of the why. But if I had my druthers about me, like pretty familiar with, with that company, um, they have a difficulty relaying like you, what is the mission or what is our goal of the company at large to uh, some of the you know lower level teammates. And so part of the reason I always liken this to NASA back in the 60s, but part of the reason the United States was able to put people on the moon was because every single person from the CEO to the engineer to the janitor knew that the mission was why are you here when they were asked? And they would retort, because I'm here to put a man on the moon. Like, if you can't simplify it down in that way, it is really hard for people to believe in the thing 
that you are asking them to believe in. And so let's take it up a level then. If you're the leader in that organization, how can you get people to believe? And I've said this before, and it, I will say it again, and it will radiate from you. Every cell of your existence has to believe in the mission and vision and reasoning behind why you're asking someone or a group of someone's to do the thing that you need them to do on your team. If you don't believe it, or you can't cleanly articulate it, or you're too stuck in the muck in the mire that you can't actually like lift up a level and look and say, hey, does this thing make sense? You are going to get pushback and it's going to be difficult for people to believe in what it is the thing that you are pushing and pushing forward and promoting, right? So you have to believe it. I've watched plenty of leaders say, well, I think this might work, but I'm not totally sure. And I kind of believe in it. And I kind of believe in the, in the vision behind it. But like, maybe I, you know, I've got some questions and I've got some doubts. People pick up on that, right? People will pick up on your, on your doubts, on those subtleties, on those like slight incongruences. Why do you not like someone sometimes? They did nothing. They didn't even like look weird at you, right? Like You just don't like them sometimes because there's an incongruency that you are vibrationally picking up with them. And people will sniff that out with you too. If you are the leader of an organization, you have to believe in the thing that you are pushing forward. Why are some of the greatest salespeople in the world great at sales? Yes, they understand how like the sales process works, but they actually radiate out that they believe in the thing that they are selling. They are sweating it almost <laughs> from their glands. Like I can remember running into someone who ran a very large private equity backed organization. And this guy had never been in this field one time in his life. And he was named the CEO and president of this organization. And this guy in every meeting and every opportunity, he would hustle and try to sell and push their products, try to sell and, and push their services. It was awesome because you sat there and you're like, wow, like this guy, he's the president CEO. He's making a few cool million bucks a year. And he is still out here hustling all of this stuff and pushing it. So if he's pushing it, imagine what the rest of the organization then is doing and those top performing, performing salespeople are doing. But that person believed in what was happening. And he ended up taking that company and something like quadrupling, maybe even more revenue in a very, very short period of time. And that organization was then flipped and sold. And he walked away with just a boatload of money. But he was able to inspire all of those people on that organization and in that team because he believed. And so the question then comes down to, as you're pushing forward initiatives in your business, let's take wellness, for example. If you're pushing wellness initiatives and you're saying, hey, we want you to take care of yourself. We want you to take care of your mental health and your physical health and, and your financial health. And you're not doing it yourself or you're not actually walking the walk, or you're showing in some way that you only sort of believe that it's going to produce better outcomes in your business. People are not going to buy it. So if that's the case, don't waste your time and push it, right? If you don't believe in the thing, check yourself, ask why you don't believe in the thing, and either get yourself there or stop pushing it because it's just not going to flow through the rest of your organization, particularly if you're a large organization, part of a large organization. You have a very large organization and you have lots of folks who have teams under them and those teams have teams under them and that's all rolling up to you. 
And if you're the person at the top, you're the CEO of your startup or your large corp or whatever it's going to be, and you don't believe in the thing that you're telling people and pushing forward, no one below you is going to believe it either. So I challenge you to ask yourself when you're pushing something forward, do you genuinely believe it? And are you expressing it in a way that people can clearly and succinctly understand? Or are you too darn close to it that you can't see the forest through the trees? So I challenge you to sit back and think about that this week. Like, do you believe in the things that are before you? And do the people on your team believe in them too? Or do you need to revisit that in some capacity? And as always, thanks for listening. And don't just be bold, be bolder.